Welcome to a late night ruckus with Daniel Rabani. And tonight I'm really excited for my guest. And we'll jump right into it. At uh, 21, he hiked the Appalachian Trail. And then he went on to hike the Pacific Crest Trail, uh, most of it. And uh, now he's currently training for the Ironman. Uh, so thank you, uh, Ryan Fox, for being on the show tonight. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a pleasure to be on, uh, on the Ruckus. The Ruckus, that's what it's called, right? Uh, late Night Ruckus. Late Night Ruckus. All right, I'm excited. Yeah, I got it because uh, late night, you know, when you have like the, the best combos at night, like would be like at 2 a.m., things like that, basically is uh, like a play. <laughs> so true. Very, very true. Yeah. M- and, then ruck- good. and then ruckus is just a funny word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm really excited to have you because I feel like just like hearing about your story um, is just like, you don't, you know, it seems like when you have setbacks and. You just, you don't, and when you set a goal, you just, you don't quit. Like you always, when you set a goal out, you, you, like you, you finish it to the end. And so I'm just curious, like how you got into uh, hiking and uh, mountaineering. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't come from like a background where like I was like, my family was super into the outdoors at all. Um, both my parents grew up in, as like city kids in like Brooklyn and mm-hmm. uh, were the farthest thing from being into like the outdoors um i grew up like in the suburbs in connecticut um i was a boy scout but by no means was i like really into the outdoors um i ran uh competitively in high school so i guess you know that's technically outdoors but it wasn't like uh, i wasn't really still i i i didn't know how to set up a tent in high school i'll put it that way mm-hmm. um didn't like cook or anything and it wasn't until uh wasn't until um, college um, I kind of uh, went down um, the YouTube rabbit hole and read mm-hmm. it, uh, just kind of scouring the internet because I saw a few documentaries of um, uh, backpacking and hiking related stuff that kind of got me interested. And um, my junior year or senior year of college, I um, I, I had an injury from running, um, so mm-hmm. I was I couldn't run for pretty much a year. Uh, what what my, kind of injury? Uh, I had a surgery on my meniscus. Um, and I was told that like I would heal in a certain time frame and I didn't heal in that time frame. Mm-hmm. So I went through a lot of really like internal frustration um, because running was kind of my outlet um, for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. like it was like how I expressed myself, I guess. And I couldn't do it. So um, I remember on my 21st birthday, uh, so mm-hmm. February of 2018, went on to get some snowstorm in Albany uh, where I went to school. And I remember I went for a 21-mile walk because it was my 21st birthday, just kind of like to take my mind off like my – you know my inability to run and i don't know and that and then that kind of snowballed into eventually hiking the appalachian trail later that year oh so you cut out a little bit so you said you went in uh, you went for a 21 mile walk you said was it a snowstorm do you say i wasn't sure i heard that correctly yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so i um i it was it was like a snowstorm my birthday's in february so oh, okay. it was kind of uh it was kind of like a spur of the moment thing and um i was like huh i kind of like this like i kind of like uh you know, going for, for super long walks and, um, okay. and yeah. Oh, so then, so then you decided you wanted to, to hike the Appalachian. So like, how did you, did you just 
like did you do research on it like was it something you just like I've heard about it from friends. I want to try this out. Like, yeah. So it was an interesting thing. I didn't really, I didn't know anyone that had done it before, mm-hmm. like no friends, no connections at all. You know, in previous uh, things I'd done, like in running and um, in just anything I did in the Boy Scouts, like there was always someone to like talk to about um, what mm-hmm. I was going to do or, but not with this. I didn't know anyone. And, um, you know, I did a lot of watching YouTube videos. There's a lot of like, kind of like, how to for the Appalachian Trail YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. And I made a decision. I was like, this is something I want to do. Like I knew mm-hmm. I was going to graduate college in May and I want to go to grad school to become a teacher, which I'm doing right now. I'm still studying mm-hmm. that, but oh, cool. I like, like the thought of like going straight into grad school after undergrad was like not very attractive. And I also, I graduated a year early from undergrad. So mm-hmm. like, I felt like I had kind of earned myself some time to do something special with, with at least a semester. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I literally, um, I, I bought like all this gear, um, based off of like recommendations from the internet. Um, Mm -hmm. I had hardly tested any of it before I went out there. I actually, I actually worked at a Jewish summer camp over that summer. So like most people, most people, when they start the Appalachian Trail, they'll start in the spring. Um, if not early summer, I started late summer because I had already committed to working this job and I didn't want to like back out. So I literally had a friend pick me up in New Hampshire. It was like August 16th of 2018. And she mm-hmm. picked me up and she drove me straight uh, to um, Millinocket, Maine, which is right near the start of the Appalachian Trail in the north. Um, for most people, it's actually the finish. I did it kind of the opposite of most people. So, I went. so where does, just curious, where does the Appalachian Trail, like in its entirety, where does it go through? So it starts, you said it starts in Maine? So, yeah, if you're going southbound, which is what I did, um, mm-hmm. it starts in like way up Maine, like um, the Northwoods of Maine in a place okay. called Baxter State Park. Um, and it goes all the way through Maine, uh, the White Mountains of New Hampshire, uh, Vermont, oh. uh, Massachusetts, Connecticut, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, uh, the biggest stretches in Virginia, North Carolina, Tennessee, Georgia. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, so was anybody like trying to like dissuade you from doing it? Like, you know, like you haven't like, this is a big undertaking with not so much experience, like maybe work your way up to it. Or you mentioned you started late in the season. Is there some like weather factors that make it a little oh, riskier? Yeah. I was like, there was a lot of factors that were just like, this is not a good idea. Um, you know, primarily, uh, you know, as far as taking a semester off, that wasn't a huge issue just because like my parents mm-hmm. and my friends were like pretty understanding that like I was graduating early. Like it's, it's cool. Like a lot of people take a semester off, you know, they go to work, they do work. They, yeah, I did too. It's, yeah. yeah it's common. You know, it's very common. So that, that wasn't the issue. And I had, I had the money saved up for it. I had, I worked a lot um mm-hmm. while i was in uh while i was in college um so that was an issue but certainly the the logistics were because like you know like i mentioned like you mentioned i was starting super late in the year and most like uh youtube i uh, information that i saw said that you couldn't start the appalachian control at late like you couldn't if you yeah. were going to start in maine you had to start in june or july uh july latest because if you start in August, most people take five to six months to do the trail, right? So wow. you'd be finishing in the south in like January, February. And even though it's the south, uh, it's mm-hmm. still mountains and it snows, uh, even in the northern parts of Georgia. So, you know, it wasn't – uh, but I – and I, I took a risk. Mm-hmm. Like I, I started the trail knowing this. 
Um, and I kind of just kind of, I, I guess in some ways I took a gamble um, with that one, but yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, in the end it, it worked out. Right? Yeah. I mean, I, there was a lot of moments of uh, moments of doubt, especially early mm-hmm. on. Um, I, uh, I had a whole feet issue that kind of snowballed into um, horrible uh, blister conditions within the first week. Wow. Um, is, is that like a common, uh, ailment, I guess when you're, when, for people starting out and hiking, maybe they're not used to the pressure on their feet. Is that something common or is it more of just, yeah, I mean, it is like, it's common mm-hmm. to have feet issues. That's, you know, across the board, people have mm-hmm. issues and blisters as well, but like, there's a lot of remedies to solve those. And I tried all those remedies, um, mm-hmm. um, a weekend, um, so I tried all these remedies to like, uh, to, to, uh, um, like to fix the problem mm-hmm. and it still wasn't really working. Okay. Uh, so that was, I, I had more problems than most mm-hmm. for sure. So like a weekend and you start having these, these foot problems, was it, did you start like questioning, maybe this is not the best time to do this, maybe push it off a little, let it heal. Like what was, uh, how'd you approach that like situation? Oh yeah, it was, I mean, well, I should preface that the first part mm-hmm. of the Appalachian trail in the North, uh, okay. is a stretch called the hundred mile wilderness. So it's the longest stretch of the trail where there is no road crossings. So like, you know, oh, even wow. when my issues were starting to get bad, I couldn't, there was no bailout. Like I, I, I was committed to at least that section. Okay. So my issues kind of, progressed rapidly early in the section um and i by the time i reached uh the end of the hundred mile wilderness which was again still only like a week into my hike um mm-hmm. you know the appalachian trail is 2200 miles so the hundred mile wilderness wow. is just the first stretch um mm-hmm. i i i had to go to the hospital i um i was stuck at this hostel for a week because i literally I, part of the days i couldn't walk um mm-hmm. the first couple days out i i my feet were bleeding um oh. It was like really open wounds and, you know, I, it was a tough spot because I had just taken a semester off and what I was going to do. I mean, part of me thought maybe mm-hmm. I should go back to Connecticut and like take some time there. Um, but part of me and actually my parents even encouraged this was just to wait it out. I mean, I was losing nothing by staying in the hostel. The hostel was letting me do work for stay. Like I was literally, I was doing their laundry with my feet, like mm-hmm. kind of wrapped up in their kitchen, just doing work for stay. So I wasn't really like there wasn't any expenditures, you know, it was just kind of like mm-hmm. I'm in this random hostel in Maine and I have a semester off from school. And mm-hmm. I, I think I even said to myself, if I physically can't heal, I'll just stay here till the end of the season, you know, when they close in October and I'll just go home. I think that was part of my mindset, but oh, okay, when, yeah. So I, I wasn't, I wasn't going to quit, but it was definitely very mm-hmm. doubtful that I would finish or even move on. So when you were like continuing onto the trail, was this something that like in the back of your mind, like this could become a recurring problem while I'm on the trail or was it more of like, I'm just going to push through it or it's feeling better. I should be okay. Well, in the week that I took off, like it gradually got better. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I, I always tell this uh, story where the first day it was like four days out after I was stuck there, I like hobbled down to the um, like the post office and back. And this is like a very okay. Then the second day, I hobbled down to the grocery store and back. Then the third day, 
I hobbled onto the trail and just kept going. <laughs> um, and the hostel owner was very doubtful of me. He's like, I mean, he was very supportive, but he was like, dude, like, you still look like you can barely walk. Like, are you sure? Like, you know, I can, you know, you can stay here longer. And, but I, I, I started out slow, but I, and I mm -hmm. still had issues. You know, I, I'm not going to pretend that like some of those issues didn't come back, but I kind of learned better ways to deal with them, even though I didn't cure them, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, is there a lot of like, uh, cause I don't know much about the Appalachian Trail. I mean, other than when you told me it runs through Maine and Georgia, but like, is it all, it's a very uphill. Is it something that's like brutal on your knees? Like Absolutely. So it's very, um, you know, the Eastern United States compared with like the Western mm -hmm. United States or other parts of the world. Uh, the woods are very like up and down, like very um, like uh, jagged rocks, roots everywhere. Um, and most of the Appalachian trail is, is a constant series of climbing up and down and up and down. You know, mm -hmm. our mountains aren't as high as out West. Okay. Um, but out west, things are graded like like easier. Um, mm -hmm. It's like more dirt packed ground, whereas out here it's like um, just yeah, again rocks and roots, and it's it's which makes it especially brutal on the feet and the knees. Mm -hmm. So um, the Appalachian Trail just goes through the heart of that. Wow. So um, so you started late. So I'm curious, like, were you expecting to meet people on the trail or like, I'm also curious, like, so how does it work with like, when you want to go to sleep at night, are you sometimes camping on the, like on the trail, like in the wilderness? Or are you going yeah. to like hostels nearby? Like, so there are hostels, there's a pretty good hostel network, um, in the, in the towns along the trail. Um, you know, at this point, the Appalachian trail is pretty well known. And most mm -hmm. of the people that like live in these towns will give like rides to people hitchhiking from okay. the trail. Um, however, you know, a majority of my nights were spent on the trail itself. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and on the trail there are, um, they call them shelters. So they're like lean twos. Uh, mm -hmm. like if you know what that is, like they're like wooden structures. No. Um, they're very, very like basic. They don't, it's not like any kind of electricity or anything. It's literally just a floor and a wooden roof. And then mm -hmm. there's like a, um, kind of like a makeshift bathroom. They call them, um, privies. Uh. They're okay. disgusting, but <laughs> anyway, so there, there, those are placed approximately every 10 miles of the trail. Um, okay. and, but however, even with those, like some of them are like just infested with mice and, um, some night, a lot of nights I just camped in my tent. I carried a tent on uh, there's a lot okay. of campsites. Um, but as far as the people aspect to get your other point of the question, um, oh, so you did learn to set up a tent though, eventually. Oh yeah, so. I did. And my <laughs> first, my first night on the trail, I did not know how to set up my tent actually. Oh, okay. I got rained on. Um, it was, oh. it was first night and it's funny cause I actually wasn't that upset. Like I was just so happy to be out there like for the first mm -hmm. night that I was like, you know what? It doesn't matter. And it was really warm cause it was Maine in August. Like if that mm -hmm. happened to me three months later, when it was, when I was hiking through Southern Virginia in November, that I would have been much, much less happy, but mm -hmm. yeah. Um, and then as far as the people aspect, um, hiking southbound, you know, I knew that I was going to just see less people just, you know, there's, okay. a, there's a culture on the Appalachian trail of people that go North. They kind of call it a party trail. Like people stop in hostels. They drink a lot, you know, people pack out alcohol on the trail. It's a, it's a thing, but hiking the way, the direction I did, I was going kind of against the bubble. And oh, okay. even among Southbounders, most Southbounders, like I mentioned earlier, start in June or sometimes July. So people were already far ahead of me. Like there was hardly anyone that was starting going in my direction. Mm -hmm. So 
um, the first few weeks I actually had a few, a lot of people to camp with cause a lot of Northbounders were finishing their hikes oh, okay. were, like, nearing the end. They were going the other way. But then after that, um, I had a lot of nights alone. Were people, uh, warning you, like people that you're running into, like, Hey, like you're doing this too late or Hey, you're, you know, it's going to oh, get brutal yeah. once you hit the South. It was comical. I mean, like I would, I would, it was the same thing almost every night. Like I'd reach a shelter. Uh, and this is just the first few weeks you know, I'd reach a shelter mm. And people would see I clearly have feet problems. Like I, I was struggling, mm. and they'd be like, "Oh, like you're, you're." Because a lot of people section hike and day hike. You know, it's it, not everyone. Yeah. You know, most mm. people, most people on the trail aren't actually through hiking. But people would see me and be like, "Oh, like are you doing a section or like are you just out for the weekend?" I'd be like, "No, I'm, I'm through hiking." They'd be like, "In which direction are you going? Like you're in Maine and it's like September. Mm-hmm. Like where, where are you going?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm going south." And a lot of people like were just like, "What? Like, like." it's it's september like it's gonna get cold soon like Mm -hmm. you're not not gonna hike to georgia like there's no way so i I got a lot of doubters and even as late as virginia like southern virginia um people still were just like there's no way you can finish like like yeah i got that wow Uh, so that's why i find like your story so inspiring because it's kind of like you set your mind to it and then you just like pursued it and I'm curious because, like, I'm sure there was a lot of days and nights where you went without seeing people, I'm assuming, or uh, even mi- minimal contact. Yeah. Like, you probably have – you learn a lot about yourself or you learn – or you learn to, like, be with yourself. Like, was there, was there anything you learned from those experiences, like, even just about nature or just about yourself or how to keep yourself busy? Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah I – I mean, I – you know – after this trip, after that trip, I, I kind of realized that you learn the, be- the most about yourself when you're alone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's no, a lot definitely. of, there's a lot of things that we subconsciously do when we're around other people that we don't really think about. Um, and we do different things when we're around different people. And, um, there's something about like, even just around being people that you don't know, and you know, you'll, you will literally never see again in your life. Like I, I, I opened up to people and people opened up to me that I literally saw for one night. I didn't even know them by name. Like people go by trail names out there, like just kind of as a, whatever, like mm-hmm. they have funny names and I, I would, you know, really open up to these people, but even just to myself, like even just alone, like I, there was many days um, where something very frustrating would happen. I would say at least once a day, something very frustrating would happen, whether it was with my feet or one time I drank bad water and I um, got like, uh, Mm -hmm. like some kind of form of Giardia and I was like really sick. Um, And then there was days where it rained, like the AT is known to rain a lot. So I got rained and snowed on, um, one night I, my fruit, my shoes froze. Like, so I woke up in the morning and I had frozen shoes, so I couldn't put them on. And that was a nightmare. Um, there was just a lot of predicaments that I got in that, like, that really like kind of broke me down. And like, I cried a lot, like more than I've ever cried. Um, you know, and, and at the same token, I also like, cried out of joy just as many times as I cried out of frustration. Sometimes those two things happen at the same time or right after each other. Um, mm. I, I mean, I imagine that um, you probably like doubted yourself at some points, but like seeing like the nature and stuff must've been inspiration to like keep going. Right. Like, yeah. I'm a big map guy and a history mm-hmm. guy and the Appalachian trail has a lot of that. So I was very like, for me, like, so there's an app called gut hooks and it's an app that most people use on the trail it pretty much, um, it, it, you know, you don't need uh, any kind of internet or cell connection to use it. It works off satellites and you can see like where the next shelter is, where the next road crossing is, mm-hmm. where, the, 
water sources. So I would get in this, you know, n number markings for this stuff, right? So mile 400 something, you've got this mile, you know, so I would, I kind of use that as inspiration. And like at the end of a mm -hmm. long day where most of the day I was just not having a good time, I would kind of, you know, I'd be in my shelter eating dinner um, or in my tent and I'd like look down at like all the miles that I'd crushed that day. And I was like, damn, uh -huh. like, you know, this day might've sucked, but like, I just got that much closer um, to this or to that. And I don't know. It, it was very inspirational to myself to see that. Uh, did you, did you sleep on a bench at some point? I heard like, uh, Oh uh, yeah. That, was that on the Appalachian trail? No, that, that was actually the Pacific crest trail. Oh, okay. So we'll get to that. Yeah. That's a whole, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so like, what was that feeling when you, like you, you completed it? Like, how did you, like, did you, you know, feel like, it, like, yeah, it's, no, it's funny because like, you know, I envisioned the finish for a long time. Like I envisioned like what I would feel, what I would think. Um, and, um, in the last few days before the trail, um, and this was like mid December, uh, North, you know, Southern North Carolina, Georgia, it, the conditions of the trail just started getting horrible. Um, because mm -hmm. a lot of snow was coming down, um, storms were happening and, um, the trail isn't really maintained at that time of the year. Um, there's a lot of great, uh, trail maintainers out there that do a lot of good work for the trail, but at that time mm -hmm. of year, there's hardly anyone hiking it. So like, there's just less maintenance. So I was having to like climb over a lot of trees and I was getting like, even within a hundred miles of finishing, I was like, still having doubts and still getting oh, pissed wow. off. Yeah. So, but, um, my dad drove 12 hours, uh, down to Georgia from Connecticut, um, to hike the last mile with me. Um, there's a little parking lot, a dirt parking mm -hmm. lot, um, like a mile before the end. And, um, you know, I, I met him up and, um, we, we walked up to the top and there's a little like trail register, um, mm -hmm. where you just kind of sign your name and, I wrote, I wrote like a little paragraph, just kind of, um, you know, nice thing. But then, you know, uh -huh. I walked back down to the car, we drove, uh, we took two days to drive back and then it was back to regular life. You know, it's the reflection of it kind of happens over a long period of time. Yeah. Were you, I, I saw uh, like, a, like there's a newspaper article you must've shared at some point yeah. for your local uh, paper. <laughs> that must've yeah. felt like to see that it must've been like surreal, like, yeah, a, like a local. <laughs> yeah it was pretty cool i mean the reality is that not a lot of people like the trail for a variety of oh, reasons like like the really? whole trail you know like it's oh, okay, not, okay. like there's i mean you know granted i i did what even fewer people do with the southbound but the, there, there's not a lot of people that do hike the Appalachian trail so it was a neat thing and like you know i i, I was very fortunate to be able to do it and to have the opportunity and um it was things like that were, were definitely cool add-ons but the best, I mean, the biggest takeaway I got were just the experiences that I, you know, there's random days on the trail that I think back to and random people that I met. And like, I, oh, I, wow. um, I, th I think about that stuff a lot. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Jeremy told me that he wants to uh, hike the trail at some point. So yeah, I heard, I heard, <laughs> well, he's got a good, I mean, I'm a good resource for him. I, I can give him all the, yeah. uh, I, I, I'm an open book, you know? Yeah. So before we go to the talk about the PCT, I just want to like, um, I heard like, uh, some incredible features, like you'll ride from like Albany to Buffalo on your bike and like yeah. Albany, New York. Like that's something that's just like, most people wouldn't even think of, you know, people go down the block and they're calling it Uber. Like what, what, what like, how do you, <laughs> how do you get to like that point where you're just like, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go get on a bike and like ride down to New York city. Uh, I mean, it all comes down to like, just like, um, my like 
motivation and fascination with like maps and like seeing like it's a combination of me seeing like what my body is capable of and Mm -hmm. me kind of connecting the dots like i like like i like connecting the dots from one place to another like uh for that new york city thing i mean Mm -hmm. um not a whole lot to say about it but pretty much one day back in september of uh this past year i just kind of like i i i think i was literally just like walking around the mall i was like like and I just kind of was like, huh, maybe I like, that's like, I, you know, I was thinking about like trips I could do on my bike. I'd be like, that, that'd be pretty cool. And I, I <laughs> literally kind of hopped on my bike. I left. I, I, I mean, with these trips, it's all about logistics. Like you can't, you mm-hmm. know, I don't want to make it seem like I, I just kind of come up with these things on the fly. And like, I, I just mm-hmm. kind of attempt them without thinking about it. Like it does take a lot of preparation and like thinking, um, mm-hmm. not so much physical preparation, but like logistical, like for that New York city trip, I had to make sure that I, you know, had proper amount of stuff on me and like, I was going to get to where I was going in time. And, um, uh, it's a lot of logistics. And, and, I, and I, I think that that's a whole other component of it that I like as just as much as I like the endurance aspect. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I feel like a lot of it, obviously you have to be in good physical shape, but a lot of it's probably, you have to have like a mental fortitude to just push yourself to do this or, to like, even when you're tired or like, you might not feel like doing it one day, but it's like, Hey, I'm going to bike this. Like I'm going to do like, you have to like take that first step and just go keep pushing yourself. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm always thinking, you got to break the things down into pieces. You can't think about the end. Like when I was taking AT, like I didn't think of it. I didn't really think about the ends until Mm -hmm. close to the end. Like you, you have to, you have to break it down into like checkpoints. Like, you know, even, even down to like, like the hour, like I would, I would break down when I was hiking the AT, I'd be like, all right, you know, I want to get, typically I would I'd try to get 20 miles in a day. So I'd be like, all right, I want to get this amount of miles in by, by 10, this amount of miles in by noon. And by three o'clock, mm-hmm. I should be at this water source and I should reach this shelter by evening. Like I, I would have, you got to mm-hmm. set small goals and small objectives, mm-hmm. because if you think about the end destination, like if I, if I was to, you know, set off from Albany and thinking about like, reaching Times square which was ultimately where i ended up um mm-hmm. like at the end of the day like I, I i would just get so demotivated when i would hit a hill you know seven miles in mm-hmm. and i have 143 miles to go like I, I you can't you can't think about the end you got to think about incremental portions yeah no that's a good way of looking at it really i think for like any any way you set a goal is like one step at a time and i'm curious so you you then you did the uh the pct it's the pacific crest trail right that's how you... yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, so, so how did that compa- <laughs> how did how did that compare to the um the uh the appalachian trail like i know um in the research for this i know that you had to really focus on uh conserving water right because it's a lot of desert terrain yeah it's a whole nother world um in a lot of ways i mean the reason why I initially did the PCT um, after the AT was because it's uh, it's a lot of a lot of hikers that do the AT. It's kind of like the logical next thing because it's like kind of okay. the twin trail on the other side of the country, and in a lot of ways it's very different. Like you mentioned, it's it's a lot drier. Like the AT is known to be wet, wet, wet. Everything's you know you mm-hmm. never have to worry about water really. There's always sources everywhere, and um, your clothes just get soaked and everything. But on the PCT, uh, very much the opposite. Um, it's also um, there were some surprising things like, like that was something I knew going into mm-hmm. it, but there was other surprising things. Like there's a lot more international, international hikers on the, um, on the PCT. So people from all over the world, whereas on the AT, you get a little bit of that, but not as much. Um, what what is the, the, you know, like the reason for that is because California is more of the like desirable, like spot to yeah. go. Oh, okay. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's just like, like 
the reality is that the PCT, the views are just a lot more expansive. Um, oh, okay. it doesn't necessarily make it better, but it's just like the view because it's higher elevation and you're not as much like in, on the AT, they call it the green tunnel because most oh, okay. 95% of the trail you're surrounded by woods. Even if you're like climbing up a mountain, sometimes the mountain is uh, called like a wooded summit where like you're literally at the top of the mountain and it just, it looks like you're in the middle of the woods. So like, mm-hmm. whereas the PCT, you know, you have these long expansive mountain climbs and they're, they're easier to climb because the terrain, the terrain is smoother as I mentioned earlier, but um, they're also just, um, they're also just like, like it, it's, it's a lot the terrain is a lot faster to move. Like I could put in a 30 mile day on the PCT. That would be equivalent to the effort of like a 20 mile day on the AT. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. So, um, so I heard, uh, one, uh, interesting you slept on library steps apparently in the PCT. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was kind of, so, um, I guess just to backtrack a little bit, I, I had a lot of feet issues on the PCT as well. Okay. Um, so, so this was so, so this is always like in the back of your mind like this is like a recurring issue like absolutely and sometimes it's better and sometimes it's worse mm-hmm. you know it's something that kind of flares up it's just like my oh, feet okay. just, and and i tried on the pct i was really aggressive with trying to find like an like an answer like to why my feet were mm-hmm. having these problems I, I would try i i switched shoes like three different times i um tried different sock combinations different things to put on my feet i tried everything anyway um, uh, twice I had to get off trail to see a doctor just cause like things were getting so bad and I, I wanted to make mm-hmm. sure I wasn't affected. So one of those two times, the second of the two times, it was the very Northern end of California in a place called Syed Valley. Um, and I hitchhiked, um, like an hour away from the trail to a town called Wairika, California. Now Wairika is not like a trail town in the sense that okay. like there's no hiker, there's not like a lot of hikers nearby. So there's no like hostels or campgrounds in this. It's like a small city. So um, I, I saw a doctor there and after seeing the doctor, I was like, well, I'm kind of stuck. Like I, I don't have a place to stay for the night and I, I'm not trying to spend money in hotels at least when I don't have to. So mm-hmm. I walked, I typically when I was, um, when I was like kind of in a town and I, I was just kind of kill time. I'd go to the library cause it's a free place to like go on the computer and stuff. So I was in the mm-hmm. library and the library was closing and there was a couple of homeless people staying outside the library. And they're like, you looking for a place to stay tonight? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, well, <laughs> that bench is all yours if you want it. And <laughs> I was very hesitant at first. Um, but I just kind of stuck with it. And um, I just kind of, tr- I guess I trusted, you know, put a lot of trust. Um, th- these were not like maybe homeless people. Like you would think homeless people like out West, it's a little bit more prevalent. Um, okay. So I slept on the bench outside the library and had some great conversations with these people. And um, oh, yeah, wow. it awesome. yeah, it was really, I mean, that was something that I think most through hikers don't get to do. Like they, most through hikers, you know, obviously in some ways you're homeless, you know, you're, you're, you know, traveling from place to place with your tent. But um, I was really with homeless people. Like there wasn't any, like, wow. this was far <laughs> from the trail. Just to be, uh, just so through hiking is when you 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 set out in this one direction, right? Just to be because I don't yep. know too much about hiking. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry for that. Yeah. So through hiking is like when you're going out to oh, do the, cool. whole, the whole trail or something like mm-hmm. that. I call it. 
Oh, wow. Did doctors ever tell you like, Hey, like you, you know, this is like your feet, like just, just give it a rest kind of thing. Like don't do this. Yeah. To a certain extent. I mean, like the thing with the, the issues that I was having was I, I didn't have any like, like, um, like, uh, um, like none of the issues were like muscular skeletal, if that makes sense. Like I didn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't like I tore my Achilles or I, I broke a bone. So, you know, the reality was that as bad as my feet were at any given time, it was only like kind of like a surface wound, even though it was incredibly painful. Um, you know, the reality was that it wouldn't be, you know, too much. Um, I, I wouldn't like, like they, they, they would advise against me from, moving forward like immediately but they were always like oh you know take a week off and see how it feels ah, so okay. That's good. it was kind of like that so how far did you you make it up to in the uh, pct you, you said you did most of it right so yeah i hiked the first so I've, the pct is a longer trail it's 2600 miles instead of 2200 miles mm-hmm. um i hiked the first 800 uh in the south like through the desert and into the sierra um mm-hmm. the sierra was insane like this year uh there was a 200% snow what they usually get to so double the amount of snow. So oh, wow. conditions were very, very dangerous. And there's a lot of scary things that almost happened to me there, but essentially uh, me and the couple people that I was hiking with um, made the decision that it wasn't safe to keep going through there. So we jumped up, I jumped up to near like Tahoe, California. So I, I skipped part of central California uh, okay. to avoid like bad conditions. And then mm-hmm. I hiked from, about Lake Tahoe to a place called Crater Lake National Park. So it's in like okay. uh, Southern Central Oregon. And uh, I, I got off trail there because I just, my feet were just simply oh, like, wow. it was getting bad again. And, and it was at that point, it was about to be August. And I knew mm-hmm. I had to get off anyway in a couple of weeks to go back to school. So mm-hmm. um, it, it would have been a far stretch for me to hike that whole trail that summer. I, that was mm-hmm. my goal. You know, I, I always try to set ambitious goals and that was my goal, but mm-hmm. it ended up being that like, that was just not going to be a reality. So mm-hmm. I, I hiked about all in all, I hiked about 1500 miles of the trail. Uh, do you, do you plan to go back and finish the trail or? <laughs> um, it's definitely a dream. <laughs> I, you know, there's some people that I met that had hiked part of the trail in previous years and then they went back and they just hiked the whole thing. Like even the parts that they already did. And mm-hmm. I could totally see myself doing that if I had ever had the time. Cause like mm-hmm. something fascinating to me about doing the whole thing in one year. Um, but I would definitely, if, if anything, I, I definitely want to hike Washington. That's the state I didn't get to see. And, and I, a lot of people say it's the most beautiful part. So uh, I imagine like the Pacific Northwest, you see like big trees, right? Yep. Yeah. So I'd love to see like the Northern Cascades. Like I, I was re- like, that was one of the hardest parts about getting off the trail. Like I, I, I was mentally struggling with, with not being able to do that. And mm-hmm. um, it, it, it took me a lot to get off that trail. Like I, it was not like a decision that I made in one day. It was something that kind of accumulated over a couple of weeks and there was a lot of breakdowns that kind of led to that. So, uh, so I just, so our last topic, uh, so like I wanted to, to ask you about it. So you're training for an Ironman, right? Well, I, I am. The Ironman is most likely not going to happen this year. At least I would imagine with everything going yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah. But I am, um, uh, full on training for, for that event. Um, and for those of you that don't, that are not familiar uh an iron man is a triathlon so it's a swimming biking and running event um it is the longest triathlon and uh it's a 2.4 mile swim 112 mile bike 
and mm-hmm. tw- uh, 26.2 mile run. So a marathon, uh, run all in one day. Um, and, uh, that's, yeah. um, that's the, the Lake Placid one, right? Yep. So there's yeah. a few Ironmans out there, but Lake Placid is the, um, is kind of the premier one in the Northeast in my opinion. And mm. that's the one I'm scheduled for. And as of this recording, it's technically not canceled, but oh. it is 99% off. There is no way it's happening. <laughs> it's like 5,000 people gathering at an event that would never fly right now, especially in New York state. Uh, actually I had a high school, uh, health teacher who uh, did the uh, Lake Placid Ironman. I thought it was Oh, that's crazy. awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's one in Hawaii, right? Also, I know he's thinking about that's that. yes. So, uh, the one in Hawaii is the world championship. That's like, so if I, if I did really well in my, oh, okay. at Lake Placid, in theory, I would qualify for the one in Hawaii. Um, so, yeah. Oh, so I'm just like, how do you, how do you train for like, where are you like swimming? Like, how do you, like, how are you well, preparing for it? <laughs> right now the swim is getting neglected. Um, the reality uh-huh. is that I, I can't swim right now. Um, I, well, shortly I'll be able to swim outdoors. There's some lakes near me that I could go to, but, um, Mm -hmm. up until I guess now it's been pretty much impossible. And for pretty much anyone training for an Ironman, it's impossible unless you have like a, an indoor pool, um, Mm -hmm. all pools are closed. So that is the one of the three components I've really not been working on. Um, I'm pretty confident in my swimming, swimming abilities though. I, Mm -hmm. um, I, I was a lifeguard for six years and I've, um, I've swam the distance of an Ironman triathlon, like 2.4 miles. I, I've done oh, that wow. before. So like, I, I, I mean, obviously you want to train to get better. The whole, for me, the whole point of doing the Ironman is not to complete it, but to do it well. I have, mm-hmm. goal, you know, I have gold times I want to hit for each part of it. I don't want to just kind of like do it to, well, well, I do want to complete it. And that definitely is a goal. Um, I, I, I want to do well. So uh, oh, definitely. I've heard like so many like uh, like ins- inspirational stories about like the Ironman, like people with disabilities doing it, people who are not in the best physical condition. It's it, but it seems like such a like a mentally tough and like uh, grueling thing to do. But it just seems like amazing. Yeah, it, it's a cool you know it's it's a cool niche of people that surround it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I the reality is that I do most of my training alone. Um, most people that do mm-hmm. Ironmans are far older than me, like, and not not because of physical ability, but because of availability. So like a lot of people in their early twenties, um, have different athletic, uh, endeavors that they're looking at. And with, um, it's expensive to do an Ironman, not only just oh, the okay. entry fee, but like the, the cost of the gear, um, to do well. Um, again, you could finish it on pretty minimal gear, but, um, I've invested a pretty decent amount in quality stuff just cause I, I want to do well. Like I know that like mm-hmm. I'm capable of something and I want to try to get to that level. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, so, so you, so your plan is to stay in like peak condition till the next one, if this one gets canceled or correct. Yeah. So I, I don't expect Lake Placid to be pushed till later in the year. I think that if it's going to get canceled, it's going to get canceled I, with some races, you know, it's possible things could be pushed later in the year, but the reality mm-hmm. is that Lake Placid is up in the Adirondacks and they can't have that race any later than September. So mm-hmm. it's going to have to be in it's going to have wow. to be really, so yeah, I'm content planning to continuing to stay in shape. Um, I, I currently, mm-hmm. while I don't swim right now, um, I bike about 150 miles a week. Um, oh, wow. yeah, indoors and outdoors. So I have an indoor trainer and I bike outside. Um, I, I run about 40 to 45 miles a week. So, um, oh, wow. so I, I, between those, I'm, I'm training about 15 to 17 hours a week. So I, I, I am training a lot. 
Um, but I, you know, my, um, uh, you know, if the race was happening, I think I would be doing some things a little different at this point. Mm-hmm. I'd be obviously swimming more. And, um, yeah. Do you, do you feel like you have like an, uh, an, like some experience, uh, like advantage because of your experience of like, uh, your background in like track and field and cross yeah. country and hiking? Yeah, I would say that they all kind of play a factor. So with the running, obviously, like for the marathon, I've run a marathon before. I ran one. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, I wanted to yeah. ask about that. Yeah, so in uh, January of 2017, so like three and a half years now, oh, okay. ago, um, I I ran a marathon right after I quit the cross-country team here. Uh, I, I, I just wasn't in a good headspace um, on the team, and I quit. And then two months later, I ran a marathon and I did really well and that was awesome. So anyway, so I, mm-hmm. I have a good running background um, mm-hmm. and that's definitely my strong suit. Um, you know, I, I'm working on my bike. I, while I'm, while I'm well suited for the endurance aspect, I'm still not like super like, like there's a lot of good cyclists out there. It's not at all at my biking level. Like I'm, I have far to go there. Mm-hmm. um but uh, I, yeah it's crazy because i think of like a marathon like 26 and a half miles brutal but then it's like you're biking on top of that like how how what's big like 112 something crazy and i'm 112 like, i mean the funny thing is uh, like to do that like i could like i've done that that distance like without running and swimming obviously like i've done that before mm-hmm. several times but to do that and do it well like to do it fast to do it um competitively like that's something that like I'm essentially working towards and um, yeah. And I think to go back to what you said before, like, I think like the through hiking like that I've done while obviously hiking is not a component of a triathlon or an Ironman, like Mm -hmm. the mindset that I needed to do that to be on my feet for 12 hours a day or 10 hours a day, every day for months, like that kind of mindset definitely translates pretty well into training for an Ironman, I think. Yeah, like you, it seems like you have the mindset that just when you set out to do something, you'll do it. So I think you could take that and apply it to like any like endurance sport or activity, right? Yeah, no, <laughs> thanks for the uh, compliment. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I try, you know, I mean, I mean, everyone, the reality is that, the, you know, there's some days where like, I don't do what I'd like to do um, mm-hmm. in the training. Like I, I, I cut things short sometimes or I, um, you know, I, I modify things when in reality, I probably could do the whole thing. And, and that's, that's just something that I think a lot of triath- triathletes and people training for anything kind of deal with, like mm-hmm. uh, training's never going to go perfect. Um, you know, in some ways I see this delay, um, as a blessing, like I, mm-hmm. it gives me a whole nother year to prepare myself for, for the event. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and I know that I, I'll, um, I'll be ready for it, you know, yeah. So I've been stuck. So my, my last question is, do you have a, like a, a bucket list of like kind of a accomplishments you want? Like I want to climb this mountain or something, or is it like you take it one step at a time? Like I'm going to do the Ironman and then move from there. Or do you have like a set? Like I do want to do this one day kind of thing. I I've got a collection of things that are like, I don't have like a, like a written out list, but there's, mm-hmm. there's several things that I want to do. Um, and I don't, I, I hate to say bucket list. Cause like that, like, that like almost signifies it's going to happen like in 10 years. Like there's things I want to do in the next few years that like, Mm -hmm. like I like, like one thing um, just to put it out there that I'm really trying to do and possibly even before the Ironman, possibly Mm -hmm. over the winter or later in this fall, I I want to bike across the country. Um, I want to, I've been trying to get into bikepacking a little bit or at least research more about it. I'd like to bike across the country. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I, 
I've done a lot of route planning just kind of for fun, like in mm -hmm. different ways I could do that. Um, that's a much more open-ended thing. Unlike the PCT or AT, it's not like there's one way to do that. There's multiple ways. Mm -hmm. um, so like things like that, I mean, that's a big thing, but there's a lot of other smaller things um, that like single day or maybe two day things I'd like to do. Uh, uh, Jeremy's been to mention me too, like he wants to hike again on Mount Marcy recently. So yeah, I, I, I want. <laughs> If you guys, I would love to join you guys. I mean, if, I'm on the way, you know, I'm, I'm in Albany right uh, now. So I'm, I'm, I'm on the drive up. So I, I definitely join you guys for that. If you guys try oh, that. let's do it. I mean, I always say I want to get into hiking. I'm not like built for the outdoors, but I just want to, I just want to really get out there and do it. So I, I hope so. I would look forward to that. I think that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've actually never, I've only been to the Adirondacks to hike once. Uh, and that uh, was just this past January. That was with a friend, like, I, before that, it's funny cause it's the closest like big mountain range to me. And yet I, I don't have a car. That's another, mm -hmm. I, I, I bike to work every day. Um, uh. I, I don't, I've, I guess it's kind of partially to save money and partially just cause I'm, I, I, I don't know. I, I can drive. I just, I'm not interested in getting a car right now. But. No, no. That, I mean, look, you're, if you're, you know, you're staying in shape that way, riding the bike and, and, you know, it's, you know, it's perfect, especially, and it's keeping you like uh prep for, you know, what you want to do, like the iron. Yeah. Stuff, so. Yeah. That's, that's kind of how I also look at it. It's like, it's like extra mileage that I kind of like, don't think about like, cause I, you know, sometimes if you, if you're, if you have to do something like to get to somewhere, like you don't really think about, you don't have to think about it too much. It's like, it's just something that you do just kind of like riding a car, you know, driving yeah. a car. And I definitely, and then uh, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to thank you for having you on the show um, because, you know, I just think what you're, you know, you're doing is fat. Like most people don't, you know, are not that active and it seems like you're pushing yourself always to like do some new experience or something with the outdoors or some events. So I really appreciate having you on. I also wanted to plug cause I'm not, I don't know too much technical stuff about hiking. So I did want to plug your other podcast, uh, podcast interview where it's much more about the hiking aspect. Oh yeah. Anybody <laughs> interested in that? It's uh trail tales, right? How you yeah. Say yeah. Yeah. It was like, uh, back in February, I got, um, it, it was featured, uh, trail tales podcast. It's, um, you can pretty much find it anywhere. Just look up, I think I'm episode 66. Okay, so, cool. Um, yeah. So if anybody's interested in hiking, that's the more uh, technical aspect would much be more about that. If you're interested in that. And um, Brian, thank you for having you on. Yeah, on dude, it's a pleasure. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, happy to be one of your, uh, one of your uh, inaugural people on here. It's yeah. Cool. Second, second episode. Awesome. People, dude. I'm getting good reviews. So keep yeah. Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, I've been very into podcasts. It's, it's, mm -hmm. I can't do all that biking without listening to some podcasts. So like I've been, that's what I do a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I was nervous to get my, um, like a podcast out there, but I kind of heard like, Hey, like if you could, uh, if one person or a couple people find it interesting, then it's, it's worth doing. So, and, uh, yeah. your story was really, really great. So, you know, thank you for being on. Yeah, of course, man. And, uh, looking forward to definitely like doing stuff in person <laughs> at some point, you know, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. We've never like actually like I've known you just because you're friends with my brother and, and everybody. But, uh, you know, I've never met you in person. It's I always know. like that yeah. like three week uh, kind of like I go up to Albany and then you're not there. And then I yeah. leave Albany because I'm there for a week and then you're back. So and it's I've, like, yeah. And I've been in the city, but then it's like times where like you're not, you know, it's really funny. Yeah. Yeah. And this is actually the first time we're actually uh, speaking like even a webcam, but like we, we talk often. So. <laughs> yeah, no, we definitely, uh, you know. I, I, we'll make it happen soon later you know oh once, no definitely once if not if not we'll get a, a mount marcy uh hike in there 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, with with uh, with with J-Rab. I know he's I know he's trying to do that. So. Uh, and once again, thank you for uh, for being on. All right, dude. Thanks for having me. No problem.